Hey, this is Sonny Riggs with Seattle Cycle Center, and you're listening to the Sound Rider Show. Right on! And now live from the Crow's Nest Studio in beautiful downtown Broadview, Washington, join us for the latest episode of the Sound Rider Show. A candid hour featuring the people, places, and things that make up the fabric of one of the top motorcycle riding destinations in the world. And now, here are your hosts, Tom Marin, Derek Roberts, and whoever else happens to drop by today. All righty. Thank you for that intro, Harvey Gilkerson. Greetings, everybody. I'm Tom Marin, along with your co-host, Derek Roberts. Welcome to the Soundwriter Show, an extension of our online magazine, which we produced monthly since 1999. During the show, we'll focus on motorcycling news, events, and people around the Pacific Northwest and beyond. This is the February 2015 show, show number 1502. And here's Derek to let you know what's happening on the program today. Thank you so much, Tom. And, of course, always great to be here in the studio on the Soundwriter Show. A uh, packed show today. All kinds of stuff happening this uh, month here in the Pacific Northwest. And uh, first off today, we're going to have some uh, news bites. A lot of things happening again here in the Northwest, the world of motorcycling, including uh, why it's a good time to head to Canada, uh, vintage motorcycles, and, of course, uh, motorcycling and whales. Can't wait to get to that. And then a little later in the show... What, what, what do whales and motorcycling have to do with each other? Well, in my experience, I would say uh, whales and motorcycling. I've only noticed whales on the back of Harley-Davidson's, but uh, perhaps that's just ooh, me. <laughs> I, di- I did spend a little time in Florida, so I think I can speak uh, freely on both the, in, uh, the ocean and uh, terrestrial whales, as it may be. So, so in Florida, there's no helmet law, right? Uh, that's correct. No helmets. Uh, you can ride free there. So then I guess you might have seen a Q-tip or two on the back of a Harley once in a while. Huh? Well, that's, uh, that is the truth. And maybe we could uh, refer people to uh, Google for an answer to what a Q-tip is. Yeah. If you're not sure what a Q-tip is, uh, it's a.k.a. a snowbird. A little silver hair, although uh, white or silver as it may be. And, of course, uh, after we get done with that, uh, we'll be taking a look at the calendar. Uh, lots of great things come into the area, uh, including uh, the Idaho Backcountry Discovery Route. Uh, those are great films, and uh, the Idaho one is going to be coming out here soon. And uh, also a vintage uh, motorcycle enthusiast meeting. Uh, they do that uh, monthly here in Seattle, and we'll talk a little bit about that. And, of course, uh, some great interviews uh, a little bit later in the show as well, uh, including uh, Tad Haas and uh, Gala Gutierrez. They're the founders of Moto Stays. If you haven't checked this out, uh, really stick around for the interview because it's a great, uh, it's a great thing that they're doing. They're uh, lo- they're locals here to the Pacific Northwest, motorcycle fanatics, and they've got this new business. And I really encourage people to uh, listen to the interview and then check the website out. So um, we're working on getting the February issue ready for going online, and uh, there's some cool stuff coming up. And if you're on the uh, subscriber list, you'll you'll get uh, the email when that goes up live. If you missed the January issue, I'm going to give you a few more days to check it out. We've got uh, some information there about the Portland Motorcycle Film Festival that's going on. We've got uh, information there from Stacy Axemaker, who's in writer training, who talks about how we need to get more kids into knife juggling. And what does that mean? Got to get to the uh, website, soundwriter.com, and check it out. A great article by uh, Stacy there. Also, uh, Nick Einich talking about a look at lap times and pointing out the fact that uh, you probably need to work more on your riding than trying to be fast. And uh, I think that's some smart stuff coming from Nick in there. 
Dr. Greg Frazier has a new book out uh, covering uh, what's called Clancy's Ride. This is the first guy who rode around the world in 1912-1913. So all that and a whole lot more. It's all online at soundrider.com. And we will be right back with why we're doing a podcast. Hi, this is Bruce Scott from the Soundrider crew. Last summer's Rally in the Gorge was a really fun event. I want to thank everyone who attended for coming. Also, a special thanks to all the folks who helped. We can't do it without their valuable assistance. Our new location in Hood River was a success. And I hope anyone listening today adds the dates for this year's rally to their calendar. For more information, go to soundrider.com backslash rally. So uh, people are going to want to know why did we start up a podcast? Sure. And uh, I I just, you know, last year we got into Facebook. We got into doing Twitter. And this year we're going to extend it with a podcast because uh, wherever you are, we will find you. Global. Well, I think to speak on that too, though, there are so many unique personalities sort of here in the uh, Pacific Northwest, particularly in the Seattle area and the motorcycle world. Uh, some of them who we've spoken to in the past, some we've done interviews with, and some of the things that doesn't make it to print um, are some really interesting topics. And I think that this is a great medium to sort of have those people in and discuss uh, some maybe other little bits of information, not just about being a good rider, not just about technical proficiency or gear but maybe just some of the uh, more general interest stuff that springs forth from motorcycling in general. I I have to agree with that. And I'd say that um, I think, you know, it's kind of an extension of the magazine where we can write about something in the magazine, but um, it's going to be focused in one direction. And when we get in here, uh, particularly when we have guests in, then we can kind of elaborate a little bit more and get some more information available about whatever it may be. Uh, definitely the uh, the medium is a little more free-flowing than it would be in print, obviously, because it's not fixed. So it does give us some jumping-off points to discuss maybe some other areas that we wouldn't normally get to address in the uh, monthly issue. And, and I know that there are people who don't read the whole magazine every month, and so for for those lazy ones out there, uh, this is a chance for them to catch the magazine and whatever time allotment we have on the show that day and uh, and pick up some stuff that they might have missed along the way. Like, you know, you, you see the link to the calendar every month you read the magazine, but, you know, who's going in and reading the calendar? And sure. as, as I go through the calendar, I look and I see there's some, some pretty cool stuff going on. And this gives us a chance to elaborate a little bit more about some of those events so people might learn something more about them than just what's there in the calendar. That's absolutely right. And there are so many things, particularly – in the uh, summer season here, so many events, it can be kind of tough to uh, keep track of that. It can kind of blend into the background at some point. So this gives another medium, like I said, so you can kind of keep up to date with those sorts of things. And uh, I think that's a great opportunity to use pod- the podcast for, uh, for that sort of thing, to keep uh, information in front of people. And, and what I want to do with this is uh, I, I kind of came up with the three E's on this. And, uh, and I, I want the, the show to be educational, just like Soundwriter. Whenever we do a piece in Soundwriter, I want that to be educational. Um, I want it to enrich the writer's life so that they get something more out of motorcycling by listening to or reading Soundwriter. 
Uh, even if they just go to the Twitter page, I, I want them to, to see the things that we post and be enriched by that or maybe learn a little more. And the 30 is entertaining. And uh, I, I'm not the funniest guy on the planet, so I'm hoping that the other two E's will make up the difference. But I think you'll add some entertainment to and this. And that was just a lead into our third E, which would be entertainment. And, of course, that's always the goal of, I think, any sort of media publication. But a lot of that is drawn from that educational component that you talked about in the beginning. And certainly, uh, when it comes to motorcycling, we like to think here, I think, that it's a lifelong skill practice as long as you are in the sport it's something that you want to continue to improve upon, and I think that's a theme that we see with a lot of motorcyclists that we just that we speak with on a daily basis here. And that's definitely something that we try to teach riders too. It's not like going and getting your driver's license when you're 16 year old and you're done. You've got your driver's license; you could drive the rest of your life. But with motorcycling, there's so much more involved in it that um, you need to keep constantly learning. And even, you know, an old pro like myself will go back every few years and take a course that maybe I took it before or maybe I'm going to try a different course because I always want to keep expanding my horizons. And you can do that with motorcycling. It's, it's that much more diverse than just driving a car. It absolutely is. And that's part of the fun too, right, is to, com- to continue to improve upon your skill set um, there's a lot of people, particularly now, dual sports are becoming much more popular. Uh, it gives you another avenue to get out there, ride some of the single track maybe, or ride some of the, you know, the logging trails, and then, of course, sport bikes. There's so many different avenues that every couple of years you can turn over sort of a new favorite type of motorcycling and keep building that skill set. Well, totally. And we could go on for, for about this for hours, but sure. um, I'm gonna, one thing I want to do with the show is keep the bits short. And uh, and keep the show moving. And uh, I listen to a lot of different podcasts, so I know that I really want to have this kind of have some flow to it. So we're going to get out of this segment, and then we'll be right back. This episode of the Sound Rider Show is made possible in part by Skagit Power Sports. Hi, everyone. This is Bill Cameron from Skagit Power Sports. We're the largest motorcycle dealer in the North Sound. Come on in and check out all the latest models from Yamaha, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Ducati, and KTM. Want to take a demo ride? Bring your endorsement and you can do just that. We also carry a large selection of premium used bikes, parts, and accessories. Be sure to check out our website at SkagitPowerSports.com. Hello, riders. Welcome back to the Sound Riders Show. We're going to get the news here in just a uh, second, but we do uh, want to remind everybody that we have a couple of great interviews coming up a little later in the show. One with uh, Dan Meir and Eric Bell, just elected co-presidents of the Washington State BMW Riders Club, and uh, you got to check that out. There's a lot of uh, interesting tidbits there on how you can take part in some of their local events, uh, including you know learning experiences and rallies and all sorts of things, so make sure you listen to that. Uh, so why don't we go ahead and uh, jump right into news. Tom, what's going on uh, this month in the uh, Northwest here? There's a lot going on. Um, you know, it's, I'm going to start off with my little adventure last Sunday when I went up north to Canada. And uh, last week, the um, Canadian dollar took a big slide. And today, it's at 79 cents on the exchange rate against the U.S. dollar. So some great savings there. I mean, something to look forward to. Uh, hopefully, that sticks around into a little bit of warmer weather here. Yeah. Well, they're saying it's probably going to hold for a while now. And... Uh, you know, when you couple that 79 cents with the current cost of fuel, 
you save a lot of money going up to Canada and, and spending time up there. There's some, there's some good roads to ride up there. It's an absolutely beautiful country there. I mean, I really hope to take a, a, a trip up there on two wheels this summer. I, uh, I, just, I just, I love Canada. It's just, you can't beat it. It's just great. Now, it really, and, you know, Connie and I went up a couple of weeks ago and stayed a few days up in Vancouver. And uh, it's just, you know, it really is a different country. And you do feel it when you're there. So, uh, other than the fact that most of them do speak English. Most of them do, yes. Well, that makes it a little bit more convenient. And, of course, uh, for us here in Seattle, it's only, uh, you know, about a three-hour, well, not even a three-hour trip, just to the other side of the border. And uh, so much uh, so much great scenery, so much great outdoor activities. And, uh, of course, Vancouver is a fantastic place, too. Well, it could be a three-hour trip, but I would uh, recommend uh, a couple of little side roads to take when you go to Canada on your motorcycle. Uh, first thing I do is I get off of I-5 in Arlington, and I buzz on over to Highway 9, and then I start running up 9 and taking things like Finn Settlement Road. Um, I take the FNS Grade Road and do a little detour around 9 that way. I do uh, the Mosquito Lake Road, which is awesome, and, uh, and uh, then the back road up behind the Sumas area going out of uh, more toward Glacier. So there's a lot you can do to stay off of I-5, and then you can cross into Canada at Sumas there, and then uh, you get on whatever highlights you need to get on to wherever you're going in Canada. But uh, it's a nice... Nice getting off the beaten track thing. Well, that's a good suggestion. I think uh, everybody should take uh, two or three weeks off this summer and go ahead and ride. And I certainly look forward to uh, maybe a couple of uh, articles as we get closer to the warmer months uh, to reflect some of your experience there and can point uh, some riders who haven't had a chance to get out there and experience Canada in the uh, in the right way in the right direction, including myself. Yeah, and the weather is such that uh, you know we're we're all going to pay for this mild winter later in the summer with fires. But uh, for now, take advantage. That's what I say. Fingers crossed. Maybe it'll work out. So uh, also happening in the news this uh, past month, we had a uh, dead whale under the Coleman Dock. And that kind of brings up an interesting point. Uh, we were joking around here a little bit at the office, uh, talking about uh, smells and uh, commuting on two wheels and uh, kind of how do you deal with that? Uh, well, some of us put our visor down, but, you know, it doesn't help. It can trap it in, actually, for an extra couple of miles in my experience. Yeah. So sometimes it's better just to let the airflow go. But uh, uh, fortunately, they did get the whale out of there within about 12 or 14 hours after they, uh, after they found it there. And not a moment too soon because we had a couple of just crazy 50-degree days here in the middle of January. Sun shining. I mean, just beautiful. It really it felt like late spring around here. Absolutely. Oh, also in the news, uh, Moto International, number one Moto Guzzi dealer in the United States for 2014. And congratulations to them, of course, uh, friends of the magazine here. So always, uh, always like to hear about uh, success, um, particularly in the motorcycling industry. But uh, congratulations, congratulations to those guys. Uh, happy to hear that. It's been a while since we've seen the Vespa Club have a display at the motorcycle show. But um, recently, they revealed that they'll be doing a display down at the LeMay Car Museum, which is a beautiful museum down in Tacoma. If you haven't been yet, you got to go. I have to get down there. I haven't seen that yet. I hear nothing but great things. One of the best car museums in the world, I understand. Absolutely. And speaking of uh, Vespa and, and all things European, uh, the Euromoto Show dates for 2015 have been announced. 
And it will be uh, April 11th and 12th at the Seattle Center Exhibition Hall. And look for us down there, too. We might be uh, skulking around down there checking things out. Well, we'll be there. We'll have a booth there. Uh, this is uh, this year it's being put on by uh, Kevin Davis, who formerly with uh, Ducati Bellevue. And uh, somewhere in limbo right now, but who knows? He may have uh, a new gig lined up by the time he gets down there. Either way, still looking for really good things from this year's uh, Yurimoto show. And again, that is going to be, uh, looks like April 11th and 12th, so just a couple of months away here. Down in uh, Ashland, Oregon, activity down there at the Bramo plant. They have sold off the motorcycle business entirely to one of their largest investors, which is Polaris Industries. And uh, but they'll still be working on the mo- on the motor and the battery development. And you know, I don't know too much about Bramo, but uh, you know, both uh, from what I can understand, sort of generally speaking, Polaris and Bramo, both great companies. So uh, be looking forward to maybe some new developments out there, and uh, something we'll definitely have to keep our eyes on here at Soundrider. Also, recently uh, noted is that uh, if you liked paying five dollars to go into Olympic National Park, forget it. It's going to be $20 per motorcycle starting this year, and uh, that's a 300% rate increase. We have links on the News Bites section of Soundwriter if you want to make your voice heard to the National Park Service and directly to the Olympic National Park as well. And collective head shaking around here. I mean, uh, I, don't, I couldn't find any specific rhyme or reason. I don't know if you uh, were able to dig up anything in your research, but... It just seems like that's such a heavy fee. I mean, so many people just want to go up for the afternoon and just sort of tool around on the weekends. I mean, $20, that's that's your lunch. You know, that's your afternoon in a nutshell there. Yeah, I mean, I, I look at it this way. It's been 5 bucks for a long time. Yeah. So somebody's been negligent and not been upping the rate over the, the – oh, geez, it seems like it's been $5 since like 1999, as I recall. And uh, now we're doing some catch-up, and I guess that's, you know, that's fine. But it kind of hits you hard uh, on, 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 you know, on the get-go there. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's one of those things. I mean, I, I understand maybe sort of where they think they're coming from, but I, I don't know. You come in there one person, you know, you want to just tool around for a few hours. Why can't you just spend the five bucks? That seems fair to me. Yeah, I hear you. Well, make your voice heard if you'd like to. Use the links from the, the uh, News Bites column on Soundwriter. Uh, over in uh, Bellevue, a little action at Ducati Bellevue, uh, recently sold to Howard Crow, who also happens to own Ducati Seattle. So looks like Howard's got the monopoly on Ducatis in uh, in the, the Seattle metro area. It seems like a good fit, and uh, congratulations to Howard. Uh, I certainly hope business is uh, just as well over there in Bellevue for him as it is here in Seattle. Finally, what's happening with the price of gas? I love it. Yeah, I'd love to see that going down. I mean, uh, some places, you know, I talked to some of my family back in the Midwest, and we're seeing it, uh, you know, even uh, just into like the $1.60, $1.70 range. And, of course, here in the Seattle area, we're seeing uh, about two about two bucks is about the best that I've seen so far. If I go to Costco right now, I think it's under two bucks because I'm noticing all my regular guys around town are like 209 So that would – I haven't been to Costco this week, but I know I got it the other day for a buck ninety nine a gallon. Oh, I tell you what, man, for five fifty, you can uh, ride all day and have a hot dog as well while you're out there at Costco, right? <laughs> Yeah, bring your boat with you and fill that up, too. Yeah, and a couple of 60-gallon drums. <laughs> All right. Well, we keep a rolling feed of current news on the website and on our social media feeds. You can stay up to date with what's going on by going to soundwriter.com and clicking on News Bites. And we're going to be back in uh, just a second here with the calendar. Hi, I'm Ellen. 
My primary bike is a Honda CTX 700, and my favorite ride is Washington Route 101 out to Long Beach Peninsula. Hi, this is Rich from Rich's Custom Motorcycle Seats, and you're listening to The Sound Rider Show. And as we were talking about earlier, Tom, you know, so much... So many great days here in just the last uh, couple of uh, couple in the last couple of weeks, and we're just looking forward to. There's so many great things happening here in the Northwest in the world of motorcycling, even in the uh, quote-unquote dead of winter in February here. And uh, why don't you tell us uh, just kind of what's going on in the area? I know we've got a lot of things in the calendar, so uh, what's happening? Well, just remember, it's actually the dead of summer in February this year, so uh, definitely want to uh, get out and check things out on uh, February 4th. There'll be a VME meeting down in Georgetown. You like old bikes, go down there and check them all out. And I'm guessing with the weather as it is, we'll probably see a pretty big turnout. So yeah, good time to get out and ride, definitely, and exercise, uh, exercise those bikes. Always good to run them in the winter. Ride West continuing their um, seminars and presentations for the winter. Uh, they'll be having a program called Rediscovering Pakistan, the Untold Tale, about eight Americans and one Malaysian traveled to Pakistan on a motorcycle journey. You know, I, I really love these uh, these kinds of stories, too, and that's, uh, you know, obviously Pakistan, a, uh, certainly an interesting part of the world. I'd, uh, I'd really like to get down there and, uh, and see a little bit about that and hear those guys talk. Yeah, if you're never going to go to Pakistan, this is your chance to do it vicariously. So are we not going to do the uh, Pakistan Soundwriter issue that I proposed here, or is that uh, not in the near future? <laughs> well, I know you want to do a double issue on that, but I think we're going to hold on that for a while. All right, we'll put it in the maybe pile. Uh, on the 12th at Ride West, uh, Tad Haas and Gayla Gutierrez will be there doing a program called Couples Travel. Not always a cakewalk. And uh, they'll be sharing their experiences about traveling about, uh, the, the two of them, as a couple. Um, when we have them on the show today, we're not actually talking about that at all. We're talking about their, their uh, business called Moto Stays. So this is a chance for you, if you're thinking about going two up with the wife, the girlfriend, whoever, uh, you can learn a little bit from them before you decide to commit to a long time out on the road. Or not just uh, two up, obviously. Those two, uh, each on their own BMWs when they took their 14-month, uh, 40,000-mile trip uh, down to Central America. So uh, probably some good insights there. You bet. Uh, then in uh, Oregon, down in Portland, on the 13th of February, it would be the One Motorcycle Show, and that's going to run Friday, Saturday, and the Sunday, the 13th through the 15th. Uh, these are all pretty much custom bikes or rebuilds that people have done. And uh, I don't have a lot of details on Soundrider, but we do have the link to their site for more information about that. On the uh, 15th, if you like Moto Guzzi's, if you own a Moto Guzzi, head on down to Smarty Pants for the Moto Guzzi Owner's Brunch. Again, down in the Georgetown neighborhood here in Seattle, such a, uh, such a cool neighborhood. Uh, and, of course, you get down there, Smarty Pants, a great place to eat, hang out, chase some other bikes. Uh, what could be better than that on a weekend? Maybe. What could be better than that? I don't know. But maybe on the 21st, going down to Puyallup as uh, Mickey Faye wraps up his Northwest Extreme Flat Track Racing event. And uh, this is, uh, it is, it isn't an indoor space, but it's wide open on the sides. So, uh Bring your heater with you. You can plug your heater in right there. Uh, don't trip over everybody else's extension cords either, but a uh, great chance to see uh, young adults, teens, and kids going around the short track 
on uh, both motorcycles and ATVs. Well, lots of talented riders, lots of fun, and only 10 bucks. I mean, hey, you can't beat that. Uh, the 21st will be the second installment of the Green Freeze. These are three rides that get run uh, January, February, and March. And uh, it looks like they include maybe some food. There's all kinds of stuff. You can read more about it on our calendar, and then we'll get you the link to, right there to uh, go out to the Auburn Valley Wings site for all the details. Um, Skagit Power Sports will be doing their motorcycle swap meet on the 21st. Uh, good news, it's inside. That is important, and uh, although we, who knows with some of the weather, like we mentioned earlier, that we've been having, but uh, February 21st, probably a little safe than sorry to put that indoors. And uh, Bill puts on a good show up there. He's got uh, good people bring in their stuff, and it's like a good old-fashioned motorcycle swap meet. We don't get them as much as we used to. You know, way back in the day, there was one every month somewhere, but now they just kind of come and go. Uh, and finally, in February, on the 26th, you're going, I'm going, we're going to the Idaho BDR movie per- premiere. This is the Idaho Backcountry Discovery Route movie, and this will be uh, over at the uh, Oak Tree 6 Cinemas on Aurora Avenue in Seattle. And have you, uh, have you had a chance to see any of these uh, BDR movies? I'm, I'm really excited about seeing this. I mean, I, I love Idaho. It's, got, it's such great country. I can't wait to get out there and do a little riding this summer. But have you seen any of the, uh, the BDR uh, I have. before? Yeah. I've seen the Washington one. Okay. And I know uh, uh, Sterling Norin is the, the video producer on these. And uh, he's, he's quite a good shooter. I always enjoy watching his work. He's done work for us on our rally videos before. Right. And uh, he's, he's, he's got the right gear, and he knows what he's doing when he's out there. So, uh, Well, I'm excited to see it. And, of course, just a, uh, another great reminder that uh, between uh, Washington, Idaho, Oregon, and, uh, you know, B.C. here, uh, the Northwest, just some of the, uh, the best motorcycling on the planet, hands down, no questions. Uh, there's a lot more going on that we can mention here, but uh, you can find it all on soundrider.com, and then just click on Calendar. If you have an event you'd like listed in our calendar, you can submit it for free at soundwriter.com. And then uh, go to the calendar page and click on Submit an Event. And stick around. We'll be coming back with just a couple of guest interviews. We'll see you on the other side. This episode of the Soundwriter Show is made possible in part by Ride West BMW. Hi, this is Dave Sweezy with Ride West BMW, the only exclusive BMW motorcycle dealer in the region. Do you own a BMW or thinking about getting into one? Across three decades, Ride West has provided sales and service to BMW owners from around the Pacific Northwest and around the world. And BMW Motorcycles is all we do. Our sales staff and technicians are some of the best in the region. Stop by and visit us on Lake City Way in Seattle soon. My next company. All right, go for it. All right. <laughs> Our guests today on the Soundwriter Show are Tad Haas and Gala Gutierrez. They are the founders of MotoStays, a travel and home sharing network built specifically for motorcyclists, and, of course, avid motorcyclists themselves. Tad, Gala, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great. Wonderful to be here. So uh, while we lead into this, why don't we start off a little bit, because I mentioned in the intros there that MotoStays is a home-sharing and travel network. So home-sharing is something that has sort of entered the general lexicon a little bit lately, but for people who aren't familiar with it, why don't you explain to us a little bit about what actually home-sharing is? Well, uh, I'll give you a little bit of the history in terms of how we came to it and what it is. Uh, Gail and I had a chance to travel, and maybe we'll talk a little bit more about that. 
And on our travels, we had so many great experiences doing homestays with other motorcyclists. We would travel, people would find we're in the area, and they'd invite us over and said, hey, stay with us. And we found them through some of the other popular websites and things like that as well. Uh, But more often than not, it was by happenstance. And when we talk about a home share or homestay or a moto stay, that means to share your extra bedroom, your couch, whatever you've got available for someone to uh, have a night stay or two as they're traveling through either on a weekend outing, a couple-week vacation, or a long round-the-world type travel. Interesting. So explain to me a little bit then, uh, so moto stays specifically, someone visits the site, www.motostays.com, and once they enter the site, what do they see? How does it work? Take me through sort of the process and a couple of quick hits here. Well, when they get to the site, um, uh, people are welcome to browse around. There's maps they can look at. There's um, uh, frequently asked questions, how it works. There's a blog. Uh, there's a lot of things that they can poke around and look at. Um, they can see our members throughout the world. Uh, but there is a, a little bit of a, uh, there's privacy uh, for our members in that if uh, somebody's not a member, they can't see, they can't drill down to the details that that particular member is is posting about themselves. I see. So let's just say, for instance, that I'm uh, I'm a new member. I go to the site, I sign up, and uh, I'm on motostays.com. And the first thing I do is I start to what? Well, if you've become a member, the first thing we hope you do is go and build a, a, a profile. Uh, what a profile does is it puts you on the map, and it helps other people see that you're there, one, and also helps to give them a little bit of an expectation about who you are. So that might entail you showing a picture of your house or your guest room or your sailboat or couch, whatever you sure. have to Your motorcycle. To your motorcycle, <laughs> sure. Yeah, your motorcycle, a picture of yourself and some details about you. Um, and this is the first step in the process to start to get to know other people in the network, some places where you might be able to stay and that sort of thing. Right. Well, what, what you want to do is when you put your profile up there, um, that kind of opens the network well, when you become a member, it opens the network to you. So say, for instance, if I'm living in Washington State and I want to travel to Florida, I can look on the map and see all the different people who are in the community across the nation. And maybe when I'm planning out my uh, my route, I can I can see, well, there's, you know, a number of people along my way. So it's an alternative, um, alternate to um, – camping and hotels. So somebody may want to, you know, you ping somebody and say, hey, I'm traveling through your area uh, three weekends from now. Can you host me for a night or two? Absolutely. So we reach out then to people that are on the network once we become a member ourselves. And then we can sort of start to plan our route a little bit, whether it's across the country, from what I understand, even uh, throughout the world. Tell me a little bit about some of the other countries that you guys are in right, right now. I, I have a question. So if uh, if it's an alternative to camping, am I going to be talking with this person ahead of time to figure out if they have a bed I can sleep in, or do I need to know that I'll be I'll taking a sleeping bag and an air mat with me? Well, that's a great question. One of the important things about building a profile is that it says what you have available to share. And some people just have a couch, and so you might be using a, a pullover and some pillows, or other people have very luxurious guest rooms or private suites that you can stay in. And there's all kinds of uh, socioeconomic uh, backgrounds and places to stay along the uh, network. With 24 countries represented, 
what it means to say stay at a place in Turkey or Spain might not be the same as it is to stay in a place like London or Canada or the U.S. Now, you mentioned some uh, pretty interesting and maybe uh, for our North American listeners, some pretty exotic spots there. Uh, you mentioned Turkey, uh, mm-hmm. London, Spain. Are these actual countries that MotoStays is represented in right now? They are. And in fact, we've had a great following startup in uh, Turkey, uh, in Italy, in Amsterdam, in Germany. We've had lots of people from around the globe uh, come up and join MotoStays. So that's an important part of it. And you mentioned earlier 24 countries, but I'm a little blown away by the fact that there's a big following apparently in Turkey. There's a lot of (laughs) Turkish motorcyclists out there. There are a lot of Turkish motorcyclists, and they have lots of fun and ride all kinds of bikes, so it's really cool. I'd love to go there. It's one of the countries on my list to visit. Definitely on my bucket list as well. And have you received uh, feedback? Have you communicated with anybody, uh, specifically in Turkey, but in some of these more uh, far-flung locations? Well, oftentimes the far-flung locations come from people that have some global travel experience or they have travel aspirations. Uh, as people, as more and more folks join, they're coming from the ranks of the vacationer or from the weekend traveler. Because oftentimes, for example, you might want to go to Leavenworth from here in Seattle, and sometimes it's hard to find a place in Leavenworth or some other destination, and I'm just out for the weekend. I'm not traveling around the world. I just want to get there and, and have a place to stay. And more importantly, or I should say equally as important, I want to meet cool people. And the people that are hosting us also want to meet cool people. Sure. We're motorcyclists. And in, in theory, we're, we're, we have enough in common. Uh, we're like-minded enough to have things to share and have reasons to talk. And in our personal experience and everybody that's joined MotoStays and talked about it so far, it works out great because you do meet wonderful people and get to travel like a local. Absolutely. So let's talk. Uh, do you, I'm sure you've heard back from some of your members, and of course you participate in the program yourselves. Do you have any uh, success stories to share with us of people who have gotten back to you after traveling and said, you know, this is amazing, you know, I wish we told all our friends about it? Absolutely. We have, we've had a lot of good feedback, in fact. And uh, as a matter of fact, just, just yesterday I was talking to somebody in Florida who hosted – Another moto stayer from Mississippi. It was just for a night, and it was her first time. Um, she had been actually requested uh, to host at her place a number of times, but she had been out of town, so this was her first opportunity. And uh, she said she had a great, great, um, a great experience, as did the other uh, traveler. The other tra- traveler, another motorcyclist. Another I motorcyclist. Assume, right? And one of the things I want to just kind of back up a little bit when you were talking sure. about Turkey and some of these other countries is that. Um, you don't necessarily have to ride your motorcycle to Turkey to stay with a Absolutely. Turkish host. Yes. So say, for instance, you're going to fly there and you're going to take a vacation for two or three weeks through those, through those areas. And maybe you'll rent a bike, maybe you won't. But you're in the network. You, you share that same passion. So right. you could still hit up somebody and say, hey, you know, I'm, I'm coming to, to your area. Can you host me for a night or two? And you don't have to actually roll up on your motorcycle. Right, but I think it is. It's a common bond that sort of unites right. uh, particularly this segment of travelers, right? Exactly. It's a good jumping off point. So. But maybe you cross your fingers and hope they have an extra one in the garage there for you. There you go. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Tom. maybe on their profile they say, I have an extra bike. <laughs> right. Always a good thing <laughs> to, we, uh, to we, look we out for. We do have a couple of people that have already said that, so definitely the case. So, uh, and relating to, uh, we talked a little bit about some of the success stories here. Now, what is sort of, uh, particularly this traveler who uh, comes from Mississippi to Florida, what is sort of the exchange there? Is there any, uh, as far as the host is concerned, is there any sort of 
um, expectation for a payment or for a gift or anything like that? Or is it more of just uh, the general experience that you are sort of promoting? Well, that's a great question. Um, and I'll, our model is driven around the pay it forward notion. Unlike someone like Airbnb, where you're doing it for profit, you're turning your home into a bed and breakfast, um, we're not. Ours is about motorcyclists sharing with motorcyclists. We're trying to make the community better and help people understand the value of not being strangers and accepting that and traveling like a local and, live, and, and really understanding local cultures. If it's Mississippi or Florida, trust me, there's differences. So um, in our case... A good guest uh, will show up and you know, hopefully bring a bottle of wine, a six-pack of beer, a box of chocolates, whatever it is they feel is a good thing sure. that they can carry on their bike. Um, Gala has a good saying. How do you say it? I'm going to get it wrong. Um, be the host or be the guest you want to host. Yeah, exactly. It's like be the guest that you'd like to host. Um, you know, When you are inviting you know, strangers into your home uh, – you know, you want people to be respectful of your of your space, of your time. Um, I think the golden rule is probably yeah, applies be, in all be situations. Courteous, you sure. know, yeah. we we don't want people to not show up. So if for some reason we all know as motorcyclists that our plans can change, you know, in a, a split second. You know, you have an intention. You're going to be you know, somewhere tonight and maybe something happens and you aren't. So the well, thing is the just, freedom of two wheels too. That's exactly. part of what makes it exciting. Yeah. Right? So it's just be courteous. And, and, and when you're involving someone else to let them know what your plans are. So uh, last question, because we're going to run out of time here. Uh, you said, uh, you know, you want to make sure that they're respectful of you and all that. I just want to make sure my tools are still there after they leave. <laughs> so uh, tell us, you have some sort of uh, 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 feedback system on the site. So if I stay somewhere and uh, somebody treated me poorly, I could I could put information up about that and people would start losing points or they'd be gaining points. Is that how that works? We haven't gone to a point system yet, but we definitely have put a rating system in place. And that's like Airbnb or Couchsurfing or many other Yelp popular sites today that use that, definitely. We also have, relative to the tools, a checklist that says you have a garage available. You might be willing to share your tools or you know the local mechanic. You get to specify what that level of help might be. But we do have an opportunity on on the profiles to leave that review, as Tad mentioned, and people have been using it, and it's great because then they can give other people a little bit of insight about the people they might be hosting or the people that they might be staying with themselves. So, uh, Tad, Gayla, take me back just a little bit here. Um, I want to know what was the source of inspiration for Moto Stays? Oh, <laughs> I thought she was going to take that one. Gayla and I had the privilege of getting or giving to ourselves some time. We quit our perfectly good jobs and traveled for 14 months. And we traveled uh, first throughout the U.S. and really hit uh, 33 states. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we went south into Mexico and further south all the way to Panama. And now we talked a little bit off air about this, and I believe you actually said you went as far east as northeastern Canada, right? So it was a cross-continental trip. We went to Labrador, and it was fantastic. If you ever get the chance to go to Newfoundland, go and don't debate it. And this was 14 months of consistent motorcycle travel. There was uh, no break in between, no, uh, hey, two months, we're going to hang out in Florida, that sort of thing. No, it was 411 days, 40,368 miles specifically. That's incredible. 
And uh, once we hit Central America, we enter Mexico, and then we go all the way down to Panama as well. Mm-hmm. Some of our best home sharing was actually in Central America. The experiences we had, for example, in El Salvador uh, are just one of those that inspired us to start Moto Stays. And are we seeing uh, pretty good representation in the Central American countries right now? Because obviously that's a very popular spot for American motorcyclists to make the trip, Mexico, Guatemala, and even further south, uh, as you two did. You know, you know why? I'd love to know why, Tom. Because you don't have to swim to get there. (laughs) (laughs) And now that they've opened up the Ferry Express, you can actually go from Panama to Colombia. Uh, We just did uh, an update on our Facebook site about that. A traveler we know is going through that today. Actually was on it, I think, two days ago and had a real good experience for the first time. Unfortunately for us, the ferry wasn't an option. We were running out of money and time. Rather than blow through everything, we chose to stay and linger longer and uh, have the kind of homestays and travel like locals. So we just turned around and came back up from Panama. And as someone who's been down there myself, uh, I think I can speak for the two of you maybe as well, but uh, some excellent riding in Central America and uh, certainly uh, not as much to fear as people would have you think, but a great, great, great part of the world. That's absolutely true. And the cool thing about um, Moto Stays is that as we continue to grow one country at a time, you get exposed to those cultures in a way that you may not otherwise. If you're just passing through or you're on a vacation uh, you know, at a resort or something, when you're staying with a local and that goes for anywhere that that you stay with the moto stays is that you get those local insights as people know their areas and they love to show them off. Absolutely. And no better way to do it than on motorcycles, of yeah. course. Yeah. And uh, so as we just kind of wrap up here, I did want to uh, mention uh, as well, and we spoke about this off air. Now, before this 14-month trip, the longest trip that either one of you had taken by motorcycle was how long? I think for me it was... Really, maybe a four or five day trip? Yeah, it it was probably a week or two weeks at the longest, but I'm thinking more like four or five or our normal days. So for people who are listening, of course, what what kind of advice, what one piece of advice would each of you have for our listeners to people who are – obviously, we sit around as motorcyclists and we dream of making the long trip, uh, whether it's a week or two weeks or just down the coast. What would be some simple advice that you would offer for our listeners? Well, what I think I'd like to say is just do it. It's not as difficult. A, a long journey is not as difficult as people think it might be. It does take advice. it does take some planning, but once you launch off, it is just absolutely amazing. It was the most incredible uh, time of my life, and we quit jobs, left the predictability of a paycheck sure. behind, rented the house, and and took off. And our dream was bigger than than wanting to continue to live. Uh, with the predictable life, and so it was absolutely wonderful. So I, I think the the main thing is that it's not as as hard uh, to make happen as people might think it is. Sure. And with moto stays, it's not as expensive if you're cutting your travel costs that way, huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I would say I would second the just do it action. It's been phenomenal and great. But realize that you will come back as a different person. If you travel that way for that long, you are not the same human being when you get back. A better person, I presume. A better person, I hope, as well. (laughs) Well, on that note of just do it, uh, I'd like to refer everybody to uh, motostays.com and also to soundrider.com where I just put up a uh, piece on motostays. If you just go to the search engine box on soundrider.com and search for motostays, get a chance to read that article. Uh, Tad, uh, Gala, it's been a pleasure having you in. Uh, I hope we can do this again sometime in the future. Thank you very much. Great to be here. Thank you, guys. We'll see you soon.
Hi, Al Brooks here uh, from Surrey, BC. Um, lovely day here in British Columbia. Not to tell all the people that live elsewhere about that, but uh, one of my favorite riding places is Central Oregon, John Day area. I go there usually once a year, twice a year, and ride all around the roads there. Lots of curvy roads for uh, road, road guys and lots of gravel roads for adventure touring guys. And beautiful scenery. Fellow riders, welcome back to the Crow's Nest studio. Today's guests are the co-presidents of the Washington State BMW Riders, Dan Muir, Eric Bell. Welcome to the Sound Riders Show. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. Thank Gu you. Guys, thanks for coming in. Why don't we start off a little bit? Just tell me a little bit about the club, uh, what the general mission is here. Um, obviously, uh, you guys are Washington State-based, but uh, we've got re uh, listeners all over, the, uh, all over the region here. We'd like to know a little bit more about what you guys do, what the mission is of the club. Um, the mission might be changing. We are two new presidents, co-presidents. Um, Congratulations, by the way. Thank you. Thank yeah, you. we got sentenced to be presidents here. Sure, I'm sure, I'm sure it can sometimes feel like that. But uh. Yeah, I, I started going to the rallies a couple of years ago. I'm not really a rally guy. I'm a you know, solo type of thing. But I, I really enjoyed myself and uh, just started going to the breakfast meetings and things like that and then decided to volunteer. But the club's in pain right now, you know. And um, so instead of just letting it die... A group of us have all stepped up, and I think the mission is to actually generate more interest and get more interest with younger people. Sure, sure. So tell me a little bit about, um, so people hear, okay, we're a BMW Riders Club, but if someone's interested in participating, what kind of events or uh, what kind of information can they look forward to uh, for, to getting, uh, getting, getting from you guys when they do sign up or when they do uh, start to participate? Well, we have a uh, breakfast meeting once every month. It's usually the first Sunday of the month. We alternate between a North Sound location and a South Sound location. Uh, after that breakfast uh, at the whatever greasy spoon we select, uh, there's almost always a ride that happens. It's usually a road ride, although, uh, as Eric mentioned, one of the things we're looking at doing is diversifying that and adding an a, a off-pavement option. Um, as spring comes through and, the, and the, the lowlands and then later on the highlands start to, to get uh, snow and, and mud-free. So uh, we have several uh, larger group rides and group campouts that occur sporadically throughout the year. I think there's about four of them normally. Great. Uh, and then uh, Eric mentioned the rally, the uh, Cascade Country Rendezvous which happens at the end of July uh, every year, and it's in, held in the fairgrounds in Republic, Washington. So it's almost in Canada and damn close to Idaho. And I want to get back to that in just a second here, but I just want to make sure that uh, for people who are listening and may be interested, that they're clear, is the, is the main sort of mission for the uh, Washington State BMW riders is to organize people to ride together? Is it educational? Is it informational? What uh, Obviously, we're organizing rides, but other than that, what is sort of uh, the main focus? I think it's all of the above. Um, originally, in a lot of these clubs, you know, camaraderie was it. You met, you ate, ate breakfast, or you rode and had breakfast. Sure, and that's something that we're starting to uh, – we talked about a little bit already is the sort of the changing demographic of yeah. motorcycle riders, right? Yeah. So that seems to maybe appeal to sort of a more, uh, let's call it, vintage uh, enthusiast uh, in this exactly. capacity here. Yeah. But we're starting to find, it sounds like, that maybe some of the younger riders aren't interested for the same reasons. And that sounds like that might be the next step for you guys. Is to, how do we reach out to maybe some younger riders? And that's, that's exactly what you know, we're trying to do. The, the problem with the GS you know, segment is, though, is the insurance. Sure. And, so, and we don't have enough experienced GS riders to teach and lead and things like that. And, but the, the road, 
aspect seems to be covered completely. Sure. And now when you say GS, we're referring to the uh, the popular dual sport models for BMWs. Is that right, correct? Right. right. And, and cool. off, yeah. off-pavement riding. A lot of people refer to it as off-road riding. Uh, yeah, I, like, I kind of like a road. If it's gravel or dirt, that's okay. So I call it, I call it off-pavement riding. I um, agree. Yeah. I, I uh, you know, my experience is, you know, very limited off-road, sure. literally off-road. I went down to Rawhide. I learned how to do it. And what I learned down there is off-pavement. I like gravel forest roads, things like that. And that's pretty much as far as I want to go. And I think the majority of people on those big dual sports, that's what they want to do. There's just they want to stay on forest service roads. They want, don't want to do single track. Well, I think it's probably, and as a dual sport enthusiast myself, it's more, uh, it's more about exploration uh, and about having that uh, – that capability of being able to switch back and forth, right? Being able to ride right. your bike to the forest, but also being able to yes. ride it back home, which yeah, is always completely a nice agree. feature. Yes. Yeah. Freeway speeds up to up to Snoqualmie Pass, you know, hang a left on whatever forest road uh, goes off into the woods and uh, go camp out, go fishing or, or whatever appeals to you. It, it really is a nice um, way to look at riding. It's it's a little bit of whatever you a want. A little more universal. So, and I guess I don't know, freeway speeds, uh, coming from a guy who rides a uh, 350 Suzuki dual sport. I'm not sure what that is exactly. Uh, that must be with the uh, wind at your back. I think uh, I get an indicator when uh, when I have that going on at my bike. So I have to give a shout out to our ride leaders, though. Sure, I mean, please they, do. They, they organize, you know, like we're saying, the the pavement part of it seems to be covered. They organize the rides, they give out maps, they lead the rides north and south sound on a monthly basis. And if you want to go on, is it the third Thursday as well? And then there's the, the rain run that goes down to Manzanita. These guys, you know, I've yeah. got to give a shout out to the ride leader. The shoots camp out in different places like that that we try and do. Yeah. And you're, on, your, on your monthly rides, the ones that leave from the breakfast location, you have two ride coordinators now that that put those together i know that doug puts together the ones sort of in the south sound and then and who puts the ones together up in the north sound um rich rich yeah rich we'll just call him rich we'll call him rich Rich. yeah Yeah. lives in anacortes rich the north sound rider yeah Yeah. he's the uh the uh the motorcycle safety uh he he does seminars on motorcycle safety things like that i only know him as rich oh we're talking about rick wallace then maybe huh yeah yes there we go rides a big lt okay and uh, speaking of motorcycle safety, Dan, I understand that uh, you just recently became an instructor for the Motorcycle Safety Foundation. Uh, it sounds like uh, part of the effort in recruiting younger riders, uh, there is a focus on continuing education uh, from the BMW riders, from you guys, from watching the state BMW riders. How have you seen uh, that start to impact maybe uh, your first term here as president? How does that sort of work into your overall vision of where you're going to try to take the organization? Well, that's an interesting question. Uh, since I just got certified, I certainly can't presume that, that, to tell anybody I'm an expert by any stretch. Well, you're president now. You can say whatever you want. That's the great <laughs> oh, thing. Oh, hey, God. I, bully, bully pulpit here. That's it. But the reality is many people think that they know how to ride, and they, they're the cat's meow. And the real truth is all of us can improve. No matter how experienced we are, we can get faster, we can get safer, we can get better, we can enjoy ourselves more. And that's really the whole point is enjoying yourself more, whether it's on pavement, off pavement, whether it's a track day. And uh, one of the things we're going to try and do for the club uh, later this year is have a, a forum on how to up your game, where I'll have some people come in from, um, from the standard MSF uh, curriculum from an off-road, off-pavement curriculum, and uh, a track day guy, and have him just say, well, these are the kind of things that you can learn uh, by doing these things and how you can, again, up your game. Right. I, I don't want to preach to somebody and say, well, you need to be safer, because uh, nobody's going to buy that. It, it's, it's a 
of a false premise. But that's something that we try to focus on in the magazine, too, with Soundwriter, is uh, upping your game also is upping your enjoyment level, too, right? Exactly. And that's what it's all about, is continuing to improve. Now, I do want to ask, and maybe this is a dumb question, because you guys are the Washington State BMW riders, but we're sitting here with Tom and myself, and I just mentioned that I'm a Suzuki rider, Tom's a Honda rider. We always like to improve. Are we going to be, are people who ride something other than BMWs, are they allowed to come and participate in your events? Absolutely. So it's more, it's a universal motorcycle thing. I mean, BMW, obviously a huge regional brand, but uh, but this is something that uh, is open to uh, everyone? Or Oh, yeah, we've got several uh, folks in the club who, they may have started riding the big beamers, but they're riding uh, uh, FJRs now, they're riding SD1300s now. Uh, I've got a Kawasaki at home and a Honda at home. Uh, and I intend to ride those, too. Um, we call ourselves a BMW club, but I think we're shutting out uh, a large group of riders if, if we say, well, no, you have to ride a Beamer to ride with us. Sure. Right. We don't, I don't want to do that. No, absolutely. I've, I've gone to some of the rides on my Honda, and nobody gave me a hard time. So. Well, that's great. That's something that I think maybe uh, people should be aware of, though, because when they go and they see, even just for the website, just to use it as a general resource for information, maybe browse through the forums and that sort of thing, try to get a little, you know, just try to improve like we were mentioning earlier there. I think that's, uh, I think yeah. that's great. And in fact, our club newsletter, we call it The Shaft, since Beamers tend to be shaft-driven. Sure. <laughs> uh, but it's uh, available on the forum, and it's available to the public. Right. Uh, anybody, they don't have to be a club member, can click on that and kind of scroll through the pictures and see what we've been doing. Uh, and I think over the course of the next year, you'll see a, a, a slight change in focus to be more inclusive to other styles of riding than just road riding and, and other types of bikes, too. That's great. And just so, the, so we can sort of kind of wrap this up here, guys, and thank you so much for coming in. But the last thing I want to talk about, as we mentioned, the uh, sort of including all of the uh, different types of riders, different brands of riders. Let's go back to the, let's go back to the rally in Republic, Washington here. Uh, Republic. Uh, absolutely beautiful, uh, just uh, north of uh, Washington, up near the Canadian border here. Tell me a little bit about uh, what uh, people can expect if they go to the rally, uh, past attendance, uh, what you guys are expecting this year. Uh, it's, it's, it's a pretty small rally. You know, it's, uh, there's a couple of hundred people show up. The, the fairgrounds are wonderful. The facilities are wonderful. The population is uh, motorbike friendly. I think our event usually follows a bike week up there. Um, there's a brewery that makes really good beer. Um, the camping is great. The, you know, there's just the facilities are wonderful. And we put a meal on at night, and it's, you know, a local company. And, you know, that's it's maps are handed out. And you go out, you enjoy yourself, you come back, and you hang out. It's so it sounds like a great all-around weekend. And now are the rides, uh, it sounds like in the past they've been a little more uh, street-oriented. But as we talked a little bit, uh, both of you are uh, sort of dual-sport riders at the moment, although we have a couple other bikes in the fleet. Uh, any interest in incorporating maybe some uh, off-pavement rides, some of the logging trails that's, and yes. that sort of thing this yeah. year? Uh, the first rally I went to, actually, one, one of the locals, not one of the locals, one of the regular rally riders, I had my big Atlas with me, and I says, you know, is there anything? I've got the TKC-80s on the bike, and he goes, and he showed me where to go. And so there's a little, like, you know, Forest Service-style roads sure. there as well. But um, as for organized or anything like that, that's something we're going to discuss. We're having a rally meeting in the next week or so. Yeah, and we've got a couple of club members who are kind of hardcore dual sport guys, and they've agreed to help map out some routes and make them available uh, to folks there. We have also have a couple of people who I think are going <clears> to <throat> be willing to uh, uh, lead one road ride and one 
uh, off-pavement ride during the rally. Uh, for folks who aren't familiar at all with the area or don't have the resources for the navigation and get a little sampling of some of the backcountry there. Well, we're certainly looking forward to it, and uh, I hope that uh, I'll have a chance to get out there. I hope you guys will keep us uh, updated at uh, Soundrider so we can get that information out to the... Uh, we'll do our best. Absolutely, to, the, uh, to our readers here in the region. I, I just want to make one last comment. Um, this is one of those years when you can do the Triple Crown in the Northwest. So you can go to the uh, National Rally that will be out in Billings, Montana this year. And then you can go to Republic, and when you get done in Republic, you can pack up your tent and go to South and head to the Rally in the Gorge. Absolutely. <laughs> and some people have done this before, and they get the Triple Crown. Nice. And that's and you guys are out there on your dual sport bikes, whether it's uh, the GS or uh, you know just try to uh, keep the right lane open for me on my uh, Suzuki DR350 there because I'll <laughs> need a little more time than the rest of you. But uh, certainly, we hope that uh, we know we get a chance to get out there and ride ourselves. Where can people go, though, to keep updated? Uh, what is your website? Where can they go and find out more about the Washington State BMW riders? WSBMWR.org, as yeah. I remember correctly. Okay, or just the general Google search can also bail yeah. you out there yeah. for Washington mm-hmm. State BMW yeah. riders. Yeah, it, it, it springs right like. to the top. Yeah. Great. And you've got a Facebook page, too. We do. Yeah. And so, yeah, so check out the Facebook page, definitely, and uh, check out uh, the Sound Rider Facebook page. Maybe we'll throw a link up on there for you guys as well. Uh, Dan, Eric, it's been a pleasure having you guys here in the studio. Thank you so much for coming into the Sound Rider show. And uh, keep us updated uh, so we can get your information out there on soundrider.com. And we hope to see you out in the rally in Republic this summer. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Thanks for coming by, guys. All right. Well, hate to say it, but that wraps up the show for this month. That's right, another one in the can there, but a good one, definitely, action-packed. And you know, Derek, you know, the other day we were out doing that um, interview up at Hog Radio, and, and what was the advice they told us about the end of the show? Do you remember? Well, I think they were. Uh, they said something in the effect of uh, having sort of like a closing line or tagline. Was that right? Yeah, and they used something like keep the shiny side up and the rubber side down. Yeah, I think the chrome side up was uh, well, that, that Walt's, was Walt's uh, slang saying there. Yeah, so, so I thought maybe ours could be, uh, I'll say, don't ride like my mother, and you'll say... Uh, don't ride like uh, my mother. Yeah, and I think that's that's really probably all we need to say at the end of each show, so people know that that the show is really ending. I guess that's how they 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 know for sure. Yeah, so I think uh, that is probably uh, an obvious indication there. So should we uh, should we give it a shot? Well, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so, okay. So hang on. So here here we go. If you have friends that need to know about this show, slip them the link at soundwriter.com backslash show. There you'll find the most recent show as well as previous shows, except we don't have any yet, but we will soon. And uh, we'll see you next time on the Soundwriter Show. Don't ride like my mother. And don't ride my, like my mother. The Soundwriter Show was made possible by today's sponsors and the patients of everyone else involved, which is not to say we're doctors. Reproduction of this program in part or in whole is not legal without the express written consent of the podcast owner. But please be sure to share the link with all your Facebook friends. This program is a production of Mixed Media. The content and views of today's guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of any major media conglomerate anywhere else in the world, including CBS, NBC, ABC, MotoGP, the BBC, PBS, NPR, the Discovery Network, or the Cartoon Channel. See you next time on the Sound Rider Show.